Vagabond Way podcast. The journey goes ever on with the long road. This episode, whose music is it anyway? This week, Steve asks, whose music is it anyway? And thinks about the labels at society's disposal for slapping onto music and whether that works or it's a good thing or do they matter? Kev takes us to Copenhagen in Denmark for his latest Kev's Cafe Corner. And the bishop, that's me, I bring you up to date with my latest baking exploits. The Vagabond Way podcast featuring The Long Road is exploring the world of the troubadour, the adventurer, the vagabond. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. If those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We are embracing all of those things, we're celebrating all of that, and we'd love it if you joined us on the journey. Greetings, I am Chris the Bishleiden. Hope you're all doing well and navigating the world and all its foibles successfully right now. Uh, apologies for missing last week, but we are back on things now and looking forward to sharing our little slice of the world with you this week. Um, huge thanks to everybody who has joined us on the journey so far. The, um, our music is out there to listen to. Music videos are out there for you to enjoy. Our live gig video from a few weeks ago is out there. Features some of our live music videos and chats and stuff from the long road um those of you who might be new to the podcast our new ep moonshine elegy is out there now if you visit our website thevagabondway.net you'll find everything you need the music videos are right there links to spotify to listen to or apple music to purchase if you so wish Um, if you're a spotify user please do follow us on spotify as well the music seems to be going down really well uh in particular the 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 track i featured last time uh, the ballad of Dwayne and billy marie is going great guns on spotify and on youtube so, you know, hop on board as well. Find out what all the fuss is about. Um, we've been looking at the uh, the stats for where listeners, you know, or watchers are. Uh, and as with the podcast, it's literally all over the world. It's amazing, really. This week, huge numbers in, in Germany in particular, listening to Ballad of Dwayne and Billy Marie and, and the USA, which is heartening. But it's all over the place. Uh, South America, the Middle East, Australia, Europe, you know. So thank you for everybody, wherever you are. Um, we'll quickly get on to today's main content. But, but just before that, our song from the end of last year, Wrapped Up In You, is up for a UK Country Music Award 2020, presented by UKCountryRadio.com, uh, and we need you to vote. So please go to UKCountryMusicAward.com slash song to vote for Wrapped Up In You. Uh, in the list, it's under Steve Bonham. We've also started some curated Spotify playlists, so if you like our music, you think there might be other music similar to that you'd like as well, check them out. So the first one is up, and it's from Steve, and it's called Really New Moonshine. So just search for that on Spotify, and you'll you'll find it. Um, there'll be Spotify playlists coming from me and Kev as well. Um, the idea is to give you, you know, a bit of a flavour of what we like, the stuff that influences us. So please have a, have a look out for Steve's, and, you, and mine and Kev's will be here for next week. Don't forget, too, that you can help us shape our journey on the Vagabond way by supporting us on Patreon. Join us as a Vagabonder through patreon.com slash the Vagabond way and you'll get to help shape the journey we're on. Give us feedback and ideas for songs and sketches, get behind the scenes tidbits and exclusive patron-only gifts. Patreon is an easy way for you to be able to support the artists you love, so check it out. Patreon.com slash the Vagabond way. Uh, we actually have a special offer on there which lasts until Sunday the 31st of May. So if you sign up before then, you'll get an exclusive patron-only gift of our lyric book from 2020, signed by the author, um, which features all the lyrics from our songs from our 2020 releases. So thank you to the Vagabonders who have already joined us on the journey. Amazing stuff, thank you. Uh, you're going to make a difference. Why not join them? tracks off 
our new EP, Moonshine Elegy. Uh, this track is called Silver Moon, Silver Girl. Or very occasionally, its, uh, its unofficial alternative title slips out, uh, A Taste of Something Fine. Uh, now, this one is great fun to play. I love playing this one live. Uh, and in fact, I remember the very first gig we played it live. Two summers ago? Three summers ago? Ah, I can't remember. Um, a couple of summers ago, anyway. It was hot. I remember that. It was, you know, we have hot summers these days, don't we? It was hot. Um, we were playing a little festival out in the middle of nowhere. Honestly, the roads, as you approach this place, the roads didn't show up on Google. They were just single tracks. You just had to trust you were heading to the right place and that it was, you know, actually going to be a real place. Um, and in fact, Steve had only just finished writing the song really that week, I think. Uh, we hadn't rehearsed it at all, but he suggested that we play it in our set. And we went, Why not? Um, luckily, me, I anticipated such a rogue move from Steve and I had that week purchased a small battery pack that could power my digital piano. Uh, when camping out in the middle of a field for a festival. Um, so it was time to put it to the test. Um, I was a little bit ma- amazed to find that it worked actually perfectly. Suddenly, I could set up my keyboard, well, anywhere, really. And this was useful re- for rehearsing a brand new song we didn't know at all before our slot at the festival a couple of miles later, literally in this field, you know, next to our tents where we were camping. The song came together very quickly, really. Um, the parts just sort of becoming obvious to us as we as we got out on its feet. Um, for me on the piano, it's got this great sort of New Orleansy feel to it. Um, some sort of understated, crushed blues notes rolling around in the middle of the texture there. Um, a few breakout spikes of jazzy bluesiness that gives you a little tickle around the ears before melting away again. Uh, and boy, there are some jazzy chords in this song. You know, one of those instinctive things I think for Steve. Um, he's got no idea what he's doing sometimes, but it sounds good, feels good, so run with it. Uh, and why the heck not? Now, in, in any group of people, you'll have different approaches to a, a moment like this, you know, going on to stage to play a song we barely know. Um, some of the group, very gung-ho, dive right in. What's the worst that could happen? Some of the group, more, what the bloody hell are we doing? How does this one go again? What keys it in? Uh, and everything in between. Um, as far as I can recall, everything went pretty well. I certainly enjoyed myself. Um, nothing like a bit of a, adrenaline to keep you on your musical toes. When we took this into the studio uh, earlier this year, um, we refined things a little bit, um, you know, just neatened up some corners, but it's still got plenty of rough edges, you know, around the glints in its eye, I think. Now, this song is a great one to, are you ready? Kick back, headphones on, eyes closed, get ready to be transported. So here it is, Silver Moon, Silver Girl, by Steve Bonham on the Long Road. Drank so deep from seven wells Said come on girl, let's give them hell They're waiting for the final bell Sold their souls as far as I can tell Give me a taste of some fine The world out there is catching fire That old damn mule has lost a tie The angel and the saints conspired Leave me just a gun for hire Give me a taste of some fine Give me a t- 
taste of something fine The bad girls and the vampires said the water boy Who ain't spoke yet the piano man who placed a bet He could not lose, he's so in debt Just give me a taste of something fine Steve takes a look back at the early days of his music career and some of those first few steps into the music scene, back then the folk scene. Uh, but as Steve goes on to discuss, what does folk mean? Um, isn't all sorts of folk music folk music just because it's you know necessarily made by, well, just common folk, really? Um, it's funny how some words take on such a certain meaning. Folk, for most people, probably conjures up an image. Um perhaps for people who don't know much about the folk or the traditional music scene or whatever. Um, it's people with beards and scruffy waistcoats and checked shirts and a flat cap playing a fiddle in the corner of a dark pub or a maybe even a squeeze box out on the village field on May Day accompanying some Morris dancers um, with their bells and their floaty ribbons. And all of those things can probably be said to be true, I'm sure. Um, plenty of people love that scene. But actually, there are plenty of people in that scene who also love the, you know, the more modern side of things. You know, um, a loop pedal with a, a mandolin tuned to funny notes, an um, electric fiddle and a, a Rhodes piano, some cleverly laid up vocal round, which can only be possible thanks to modern recording techniques. Um, some of those people would be um, the same crowds that are into the traditional music. I don't know much personally about, you know, hip hop or R&B or rap music. 
But I expect when you break it down into what its component parts are, a lot of these all come from a similar place, um, as Steve goes on to talk about. Stories that reflect the people using tools that are available to them. Sometimes a physical instrument, sometimes just you know the, the human voice. But trying to express themselves, their community, their hopes and fears. I guess I guess labels are useful. Perhaps they were more useful in the days of you know HMV, a physical record shop where you had to put stuff out there in a physical display, and organise it somehow. Whereas now, um, you know, a playlist on Spotify or Apple Music, you know, you can have anything on it, and people can find it and enjoy it. So perhaps labels can be useful, but they are by no means the be all and end all of this creativity. If something's good, it's good. Who cares what it might it might have been labelled as in a in a time that's long since departed. Uh, anyway, I'll hand over to Steve now for him to say his bit. Um, apologies for little bits of distortion in, in this section. Steve was experimenting with new microphones and new inexplicable technical challenges presented themselves, and sometimes they're just not worth the battle. So you just got to get on with it. Um, and, and Steve just kept on buggering on, so it, forgive us. Um, so over to Steve. So Bishop, I was thinking. Whose music is it anyway? The stuff that we do. Many years ago, I remember our first release uh, that we did, recorded way back when, was my good friend Tim, who was a fiery fiddle player. And uh, not being aware of the rules, uh, when we recorded uh, uh, the Swallowtail Jig, I think it was, of Mason's Apron, Tim had the temerity to accompany himself on the B part by playing the A part quietly underneath. It sounded really good. Except when it was released, well, you'd have thought we'd gone mooning in the Vatican Square on a, on a holy Sunday, or broken wind in the silence of a particularly sensitive funeral. People took to the airwaves on the local radio to denounce this heresy. I met the guy who gave us our very first gig in a, a folk club recently. He remembered us. Ah, you're the controversial ones. I had to argue with the committee, he said, because you had an electric bass. Ah, the committee. Shadowy grey men with pointy hats hanging in shadowy places. There are those in life, it seems, who often confuse style with rules. And I think there is a deep sacrosanct belief that it is through the almighty rules that the great labels can be applied. This is Irish music. This is bluegrass. This is jazz. And we can sit there with our little checklist to make sure you're doing it right. I mean, not everyone's like that, and most listening public don't give a sweet, you know. But we have been on the receiving end of so many of these comments over the years. I guess for me, the music most of us play is a kind of folk music. I think rap's a kind of folk music. I think the blues was, I think, English traditional was singer-songwriter. 
because they all have this thing in common they are written by ordinary folks usually without a formal musical education using the instruments to hand which are not necessarily the guitar for god's sake uh, it could have been the american national instrument could have been the banjo it was a close run thing between guitar and banjo and the, uh, the guitar just pipped it at the post but the instruments around them i've heard folk music played on trombones and harps and people's teeth i'm going to say bishop you do the tuba so it's ordinary folks with the instruments to hand on the subjects that matter to them and are close to them nothing else defines what we do well that's my little rant for the week so I don't know what this song is. Perhaps you could write in committee and tell me, is this a folk song? Evie, there you are So we meet again Though times have changed You're looking much the same And you were always right I've ever been the fool But oh sweet Evie Don't try to take me back to school the Sky is awful gracious now My heart is getting cold I listen to the radio Tell me when did I get so old Let's go and have a drink I don't see so much of you You, me and that friend of yours Would she like to come too?
So that was an old song that Steve and I recorded, I think back in 2012, I think it was. Um, it's called You Might Be Right, um, which, according to our Spotify data, in the last week has had a little surge of interest. For some reason, a bunch of plays in Tokyo, in Japan. What a marvellously weird world we live in, eh? As it's been a couple of weeks since my last Bishop's Daily Bread, I've probably got a fair few things to to catch you up on. Uh, I suppose this week's big breakthrough was accidentally making two sorts of tea cake, um, which, for those of you who follow my Instagram, and there must be at least five people that do, because I've had messages from each and every one of you. Um, This week saw my very first Instagram story. I'm starting to work out all this modern technology stuff works, you see. Um, I even managed to get one of the great British Bake Off's winners from a few years ago to repost my story, uh, Nancy, for those who care, um, as I was inspired by one of her posts to try making some of these tea cakes. Um, it all goes round, doesn't it? Um, my Instagram is Leiden, if anyone's interested, so D-E-R Chris Lydon. Um So anyway, there are two sorts of tea cake commonly out there, and I accidentally made both of them. Um, <laughs> Nancy did a recipe for chocolate marshmallow tea cakes you know the sorts that tunnocks are very famous for um so i ordered the um the the silicon mold for those off amazon and it arrived within seconds it felt like um so i was now duty bound to follow through with making them Uh, and actually they went pretty well um many years ago these tea cakes were a a technical challenge on bake-off and they look pretty tricky um I mean, I did cheat by buying the biscuit base. I mean, I worked very hard on hand-making my McVitie's Digestive Biscuit. Thank you very much. Um, the the marshmallow was new to me. Never made that before. Um, but they worked out pretty well. I was pleased. The recipe I used generated about twice as much marshmallow as you'd ever need. So Lord knows what I'm going to do with all that leftover marshmallow. Um, the result of tea cakes number one, you know, six shiny domes of chocolate filled with marshmallow and a little blob of raspberry jam. On a biscuit base, you know, great stuff. Sickly sweet, uh, but as a treat, lovely. Now, in the process of researching tea cakes, I also realised, hang on, I've never made what I think of as actual tea cakes. You know, fruited buns that you split and toast and serve with lashings of butter. Why is it that most of my bread products I serve with lashings of butter? Isn't that funny? Anyway, uh, I got the um, the requisite uh, dried fruits and some mixed spice. All the other ingredients are standard bread making ingredients so i already had them you know flour water yeast salt butter uh, milk sugar um these were remarkably easy to put together tea cakes number two uh i'd always figured that they'd been much more involved because of the enriched dough and the fruit and all that but actually you just melt the butter in the milk add some water to that and then add that to your dry ingredients and boom a couple of proofs later you mix the fruit in after the first proof and you're away um, my resulting tea cakes were a little too sort of round, a bit too spherical on this first attempt, although they tasted great. Next time they could be a bit flatter, uh, and I think I would actually like more fruit in them. The spice, the spicing was just about spot on, but I could take more fruit dotted about them, I think. Oh, what else have I done? Um, oh, a few generic enough loaves gone down pretty well. Um, I think sometimes, though, the doughs have been too wet, too slack. So for the freeform ones, when, they, when they're in the oven, they spread too far. Um, so I'm thinking about you know tweaking the, the amounts of water in the recipes to see if that affects things. Um, pizza doughs have been going pretty well. Um, 
I think I'm just about there with a good method now. Although this week I did try before actually constructing the, the pizza, um, dusting the base with semolina before you know before making it, and that added a nice little crunch to it. Um, oh, I tell you what, I did have an urge for some filthy sausage rolls, aloe, you know, Greg's or whatever. Um, so I managed to find some pre-made puff pastry in the freezer. I got some cheap sausages. Uh, and hey presto, you know, instant sausage rolls. Filthy, but delish. Um, now, along the similar theme to, why have I never made tea cakes before? I've realised, why the heckles haven't I ever made English muffins before? I adore English muffins. Um, so I think they're next on the list. You know, just plain English muffins, nothing fancy. Um, but probably if they go well, which I suspect they might, um, perhaps a nice cheesy English muffin will be will be on the list after that. I'm a huge fan of... Basically, a bread product with cheese in it, I'm, I'm there. Um, but I'm a huge fan of cheese muffins, uh, you know, a nice red Leicester or a, a cheddar, even both. Oh, what an idea. Um, anyway, I shall update you next time. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Kev's Cafe Corner. It's that time of week again. Last time, you may remember, we visited Barca de Alva, on the banks of the River Duero in Portugal, and very pleasant it was too. This time out, I'm taking you to possibly my favourite city on the whole planet, Copenhagen in Denmark. A truly beautiful place, it's very close to my heart. I used to live there in 1979 when I was in my first professional band, and many years later it became like a second home again when I joined my Viking buddies in the Danish metal band Witchcross. We tour in Denmark often, and as you might expect, play in the Copenhagen area a lot. On one particular tour, I was staying within walking distance of the centre of the city and had some time to kill before bed and flying home to Spain. Now, back in the late 70s, there was a huge area behind the famous Tivoli Gardens that was very industrial. Uh, it, was, it was the meat-packing district, and... As Copenhagen entered the new millennium, this area of prime real estate was redeveloped and repurposed, but still keeping its name, and with street names like Fleskatorvet, literally meaning flesh market, its history won't be forgotten soon. But it's now the coolest place to hang out in the city. Lots of interesting bars, cafes, restaurants and alternative shops. It just has an irresistible vibe that draws you in. And my favourite spot there... And the subject of today's Cafe Corner is a cafe diner called John's Hot Dog Deli. And good grief, it's a beauty. Quite a spit and sawdust feel, pressed metal signs everywhere and rough-hewn wooden tables and staggeringly good fare. Huge build-your-own stacked burgers, impossibly long hot dogs and sometimes they'll have what's known as a pulser fest where you simply have to eat all the hot dogs you can. What could possibly go wrong? There's also a superb central salad bar where you can pile up as much as you like to complement your chosen main course. The whole place is tiled in plain white, top to bottom, basic reductionist chic, and I bloody love it. And its next-door neighbour is a restaurant called War Pigs. Dear listener, I was home. When we're free from this madness, go visit Copenhagen and the meatpacking district. You won't regret it. See you next time. Wow, 
John's Hot Dog Deli. It sounds bloody brilliant. I, I can absolutely see why Kev thinks it's bloody brilliant as well. Um, I haven't been to Copenhagen for many years, probably about 15 years, I think it was. I think, it, yeah, I think last time I was there, me and a pal went interrailing after university and we ended up in Copenhagen, I think, after our first over, overnight train trip, it must have been. We'd gone from Amsterdam to somewhere in Germany. I forget now where. Stuttgart, maybe? Oh, yeah, I think Stuttgart. Uh, spent a few hours killing time in Stuttgart and then got on another train, went to Copenhagen. Um, there was some method in the madness for the for the crisscrossing. I, it escapes me right now. Um, we didn't spend long in Copenhagen, actually. It was quite pricey for poor students back then. Um, but it seemed like a great place, lovely place. Um, we spent hours wandering around just taking in the sights. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, that, that was where we got our... We got given a free bottle of beer. Uh, I think it was Heineken, um, as some part of some promotion. We were very pleased with that. Um, and uh, I'd love to go back to Copenhagen one day. Um, I shall certainly be putting John's Hot Dog Deli on my list. It sounds right up my alley. And, well, who could possibly turn down the offer of a Danish sausage fest, eh? <laughs> that's this week's episode over thanks for listening as always you are a good bunch um remember to subscribe to the podcast we're on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify acast all over the place the next episode will be out next week friday the 29th of may 2020 um you can always check out our past episode wherever you listen to your podcasts let us know what you think um find us on social media on facebook the vagabond way or steve bonham on the long road on facebook um instagram do it the vagabond way um we're all over the place Check out our YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash thevagabondway. All of our music is on Spotify and Apple Music and all over the place. Go have a listen. If you like what you hear, consider purchasing. Um, if you use Spotify, please do follow us on Spotify. That's really useful for us to be able to get followers on Spotify as well. Um, don't forget, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash thevagabondway. If you'd like to help support us, please do there. Patreon is a great platform that makes it super easy for anyone out there to support content that you love on a monthly basis. It gives you direct access to the people creating the stuff you love, us, hopefully, and you get to play an integral part in shaping the direction of the things that we make. So, become a Vagabonder, that's our name for our supporters on Patreon, to help us create music, live performances, books, short stories, this weekly podcast, and some new things we're cooking up. As a Vagabonder, you can get the recordings and books we make for free, receive exclusive Patreon-only merchandise in the post, get regular behind-the-scenes updates from us, unlock access to exclusive live stream performances and Q&As, and loads more. You can help us create something different, something that entertains, and something that inspires others. So, join us on the journey and release The Vagabond Within. Patreon.com slash The Vagabond Way. So thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds and explorers, for joining us on The Vagabond Way. Remember, the world isn't beige, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now. 